0: welcome to the texas values report this is jonathan Sines, president of texas values great to be with you on a saturday afternoon i'm having some volume issues with my audio in here wow that woke me up okay we talk about faith family and freedom here on the Texas Values Report every week at noon here on the bridge, 1120 a.m. You can find us online. There's podcasts. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We are all over the place, but our focus is on the state of Texas, and there's been some big things happening this week from the national perspective that certainly affect the state of Texas. We're going to talk about some legal issues. We're going to talk about some policy issues, and we're going to talk about a great event that's coming up later this year, and our guest today to help me to do that is David B. Wright. You, many of you, probably know David B. Wright is one of the co-founders of Forty Days for Life, which started here in Texas. Aggies will be proud of that from Bryan-College Station area. He continues to do great work and really expand his reach. But you really a lot to talk about this week on the life issue because of what we had on the U.S. Supreme Court. But this is not the first time that David B. Wright's been on the Texas Values Report. So I'm going to say welcome back to the Texas Values Report. David B. Wright, good to be with you, my friend. Hey, Jonathan, thank you so much for having me back. This is always one of the highlights. Well, look, there's been a lot going on this week. I'm sure you have had a lot to be thankful for, but a very active week. And, and so we're here at the end of <laughs> week, probably chance for you to catch your breath a little bit. Let's jump right in, though, to the Court decision from the U.S. Supreme Court on Tuesday morning. I was literally walking out the door when the decision broke. And of course, you know, there was an expectation it'd be coming any day. We know that the U.S. Supreme Court has a deadline, if you will. So they had to get out all of their decisions this week that were remaining. And one of those was a court case out of the state of California where the state of California has a law. And I'm summarizing, I want you to fill in some more detail, but would have forced pro-life pregnancy centers to essentially promote a message of abortion. It's clear that the government wanted them to post signs about options for abortion and things of that nature because the pro-life pregnancy centers are doing such a great job. These are private centers, though. They have a right to control their message and not to have the government tell them what to say on these type of issues. We saw this issue go all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court in a 5-4 decision. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of of the Pro-Life Pregnancy Centers. Tell us a little bit about this issue and your experience this week.
1: Well, yeah, there is a lot to unpack there, and we'll try to give a quick summary and also put it into layman's terms. I'm not a legal scholar, and so uh, I just spent the evening last night talking with a group of uh, the legal team that actually argued this case and won it at the Supreme Court. But essentially, Jonathan, exactly as you said, the state of California tried to impose a law specifically targeting pro-life pregnancy centers. And we all know these centers. They're around us in our communities. They offer help and hope to women in a time of an unexpected pregnancy instead of the sales pitch they'll get for abortion at a Planned Parenthood or independent abortion facility. And the state legislature in California effectively said, you pregnancy centers, you're the only ones this law applies to, you must post large signs all over your pregnancy center, inside in the waiting room, in the different rooms where you're seeing clients. And these signs have to advertise for free, taxpayer-funded abortions. Now, keep in mind, these pregnancy centers are people who clearly oppose abortion. They recognize it as the destruction of innocent human life. And the government was trying to compel their speech and to force them to promote something that directly violated their faith and conscience. And so this, as soon as it was passed, NIFLA and the National Institute of Family and Life Advocates, a group based in Virginia but that has a network of nearly 1,500 pregnancy centers across the country, including 300 in California, And the Alliance Defending Freedom, a legal firm that does all kinds of pro bono legal work on issues of religious liberty and life and marriage and family, they immediately filed for injunctive relief in the state of California, saying this is a complete violation of our free speech rights. The case went up through the Ninth Circuit, which sided with the state of California, not surprisingly, and ultimately to the Supreme Court. But the decision that came down on Tuesday, and, and I went up to the court on Monday. I live right down the road from Tom Glesner, who is the president of NIFLA. And so we rode up on the train. I live just outside of D.C. in northern Virginia. And then on Tuesday went back, and that was the day the decision was actually handed down. And in the decision, as you mentioned, it was a 5-4 vote. And, and some people, including the lawyers who argued the case, initially were a little bit quizzical about, how can there be four justices on this U.S. Supreme Court that actually don't believe in protecting free speech, that think it's okay for the government to compel people to communicate a message that directly well, violates their
0: conscience? Look, let me jump but, in for a minute, David. Yeah. One has to wonder. We're talking with David B. Wright, pro life champion, pro life pioneer. You know, his work has included mobilizing over 750,000 Christians in 700 cities. The guy knows how to get a message across the government knows the power of that message. And so they want to restrict that message. And your point is right, though, right, that there are four justices on our bench. You know, there was a decision a couple of weeks ago on this cake baker issue in religious freedom. That went 7-2. This is going 5-4 in a space that you might think there's a lot more common ground. And so while we'll take the win, whatever the margin is, no doubt it's got to give you some concern, About where things are headed. And you know as well as anyone the impact that these pro-life pregnancy centers have. You mentioned 300 in California. There are close to that many in Texas. They, Mm -hmm. as far as I can tell, they outnumber abortion clinics. And that's a big issue in this dynamic is I believe the the pro-abortion groups know that they're outnumbered. And the pro-life movement continues to get stronger. And the abortion message continues to get weaker.
1: That's right. And, and that's why the abortion industry and their political allies are going after these pregnancy centers, because they're stealing business away from the abortion industry that's making, you know, Planned Parenthood took in $543.7 million of taxpayer funding last year while aborting over 300,000 children. And these places are scared because they see the effectiveness of our pregnancy centers. The three-to-one pregnancy centers now outnumber abortion facilities, Jonathan. And the Supreme Court finally said in this decision that the state of California was wrong to compel people to impose this message upon those who it directly violates their consciences. And here is the important thing, and I think this sets up the importance of another piece of news that came out this week, the swing vote in this decision. So, you know, nine members of the Supreme Court, The swing vote that could have gone either way was Justice Anthony Kennedy. And interestingly, though, Justice Thomas wrote the majority opinion in the NIFLA decision, Justice Kennedy wrote a concurring opinion in agreement, and his opinion is so compelling. And it talks about the authoritative regime in California – And it talks about how this is a direct violation of freedom of speech, which we must fight aggressively for. And believe me, Justice Kennedy has been no friend to the pro-life movement. But even he, as somebody who's voted for abortion, saw this as a direct violation of free speech. And for all of us, that should help us understand how important elections are because our elected officials are the ones who appoint these judges, and the importance of seeing the value of one vote on the U.S. Supreme Court, and after the NIFLA decision, a wonderful victory, and one that will now protect pregnancy centers and protect pro-life free speech and free speech for all Americans. But the day after that decision, the news breaks that, yeah, that Kennedy he, is retiring that's right. from the court.
0: We're talking with David B. Wright, pro-life champion, pro-life pioneer, uh, his name is synonymous with the pro-life movement, co-founder of the 40, 40 Days for Life movement. And look, Anthony Kennedy knows a little bit about a California. That's where he's from. He served on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the one that gets overturned the most. And so he knows a little bit about what he's talking about, Stanford University and then Harvard Law. So it is notable to to see what we see written in that concurrence opinion. And for the non-lawyers out there, and you appreciate this, David, is and myself as a lawyer as well. You know, those concurrent opinions a lot of times end up influencing decisions moving forward. Someone like Anthony Kennedy, who's not the Chief Justice of the Court, but a lot of times, as you mentioned, is the swing vote, a lot of people are going to look to that moving forward now that he's off the bench. Let's talk about that because I want to talk about him leaving the bench, the impact on the pro life movement, and then about the policy conference that Texas Values is hosting that you're going to be a part of on September 7th and 8th later this year. Kennedy's announcement comes down on I'm trying to backtrack for the week Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. And so I was I was at a conference with some state legislators in the Plano area in Texas from different states and we were all assembled and everybody, you know, was all excited about it. But the Kennedy announcement comes down and he's oftentimes been the swing boat. Uh, I he's been no friend of the pro-life movement. That that doesn't mean he's always been the worst vote on this issue, but there were a lot of times cases that could have gone one way or the other And he ends up being the deciding vote and other issues as well. And so a lot of concern there. He was nominated by President Reagan. You know, you're never for sure what you're going to get. But I do think for many of us, you know, this place, this seat opening up, if President Trump nominates someone like Gorsuch, he nominates a constitutional conservative, there's a lot of hope and optimism this could be pivotal for the pro-life movement and religious liberty as well.
1: Well, Jonathan, you're absolutely right. And when you think about it, you know, in the Planned Parenthood v. Casey decision, this was back in 1992, many people thought that decision was going to overturn Roe v.ersus Wade. But instead, Kennedy was the swing vote, 5-4, that actually further strengthened abortion as these, this perceived constitutional right. And so this is really a game changer. Just to give some context, think about the headlines. The day after Kennedy announces that he's retiring, NBC's News' top headline, Kennedy's going, is Roe v. Wade next. The New York Times, departure of Kennedy, firewall for abortion rights could end Roe v. Wade. CNN's chief legal analyst said Roe v. Wade is doomed because they understand... Should Donald Trump, our president, do, and as he's promised, install another pro-life justice in the mold of Justice Gorsuch and somebody who per- understands the Constitution as it was written, this could literally be the decision-making vote that when the proper challenge comes before the court could overturn Roe versus Wade. So this is, this is a huge moment. And that's why the abortion industry, why all of their political allies are fighting tooth and nail, and they're, they're, they're completely freaking out because they realize this is going to be an epic showdown. So first off, we need to pray for and encourage Donald Trump to do as he said and nominate a pro-life, strict constitutional understanding uh, Supreme Court justice. Number two, we need to encourage our senators to vote to approve this nominee. And then we need to pray and work to have those challenges come before the court that can make enormous progress. And as you know, Jonathan, Texas is at the forefront of these issues? What if HB2 had come before a court that didn't have a Justice Kennedy but instead had a strong pro-life justice? It could totally have changed the game, and you have an opportunity right there in the Lone Star State to do the things to bring forward the challenges that ultimately could bring an end to abortion. Roe v. Wade started in Texas, and I believe from the bottom of my heart it's going to end in Texas and then sweep across the rest of the nation as a result.
0: Well, and not only that, to give a little bit of background and context, I was born about Nine months after the Roe versus Wade decision. So many of people wow. like myself, we have been, we've, we've grown up under this cloud, if you will. Um, and that's probably the lightest way to say it of, of Roe versus Wade in, in knowing that our mothers, if you will, and I'm not suggesting that about my mother, she's very pro-life, but to know that the, that the legal standard has changed, that women could make that choice, if you will, or make that decision. And so it's, you know, life seems a little bit more precious to many of us because of that. But you're right. When you think about this background, you think about the role that Kennedy has played on this issue. It's been a very important role and things could have gone differently in 92 and maybe even in other decisions as well, where he's been the swing voter. He's written the opinion and you look at the timing. Okay, we're not even at midterm elections for Trump. You know, one of those names talk about Texas. In the history, Roe versus Wade, Wade was the district attorney in Dallas. That's why that uh, I believe it's, his name is Henry Wade was the name on the the lawsuit. And you also for people to remember, you know, one of the the pro life leaders who passed away recently, Norma McCorvey. She was the client in this case, and then became pro life. Just so much has happened since that decision. So now you got a position opening up. One of the names on the short list is. Don Willett, who is now a Fifth Circuit judge, was a Texas Supreme Court judge, a Baylor Law graduate, somebody that I know well, and and whether or not he'll make the shorter list, if you will, when we start to get. There's a lot of interest and excitement um, about Don Willett, but there are a lot of other justices on that list as well. And so we'll see what happens. But a lot of the push now is let's get moving. Okay, you got a vacancy. Let's fill it. And I'm sure the Trump administration is not going to want to waste any time. I'm sure they believe that he'll get elected again, but you can't take anything for granted. So I think you're going to see the Senate and all the people that care about this issue move. And this was a major campaign promise for Trump and his folks. So I expect swift action. Yeah. Well, and, and to be honest, that's part of why I'm excited that we're going
1: to be getting together in September, Jonathan, at yeah. the Faith Family and Freedom Forum, because we're going to be celebrating a lot of progress. I mean, the culture is shifting, and we've seen it shift for the worse for many years. We have an opportunity right now to make enormous gains on the fronts that Texas Values has been fighting so aggressively for. And we're going to have an opportunity to not only celebrate the progress we make over these next few months, but also look to the future and say, how can we continue to build this momentum to protect life, the first fundamental right that was identified by our founding fathers, but also restore a traditional understanding of marriage and family and protect freedom for all Americans. So well, I want to thank you got that right. for your leadership on this forum and putting it together, and I can't wait to be there.
0: Yeah, no. So, so let me fill in some details. Our listeners probably think I'm a broken record. I talk about it every week. But just in case you didn't hear yet, on September 7th and 8th, in Austin, here in Texas, we're hosting the first-ever Texas Values Policy Conference. We're calling it the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. David B. Wright is going to be one of our featured speakers uh, your good friend Jonathan Keller, by the way, is coming in, too. I don't know if you know, David. Awesome. Uh, we're going to work him into the schedule somehow uh, because of his perspective on so many things that we want to avoid here in Texas. And this is certainly a great victory. But, you know, just a little segue. We had a law like this in Austin that I was a part of a legal team with Kelly Shackelford, Alliance of Friending Freedom and others. We de- we defeated that law here in Austin, but there was some concern that if the California case, the NIFLA case, didn't go the right way, they might try to open that up. That door's been closed now for good, you have to believe. But we'll be talking about that at our policy conference September 7th and 8th. You can go to txvalues.org and get your ticket today. Early bird pricing is about to end. It's only $30. If you look at the lineup, not only do we have David B. Wright, we got Senator Ted Cruz. Our state attorney general, Ken Paxton. We've got Kelly Fedork, one of the lawyers on the winning team for ADF in the pro-life case, but also in the Cake Baker case. Uh, and I can't even list everyone on there. It's going to be tremendous. But go to TXValues.org, $30. That includes lunch on Saturday. There is a private dinner with our lieutenant governor that Friday night. Um, that's a little bit more if you want to go to that, txvalues.org, to get tickets to this first-ever policy conference September 7th and 8th in the greater Austin area. David, I am looking forward to, you know, you and I, it's been a while since we spent some time together in person. We've got to visit a lot through the radio and through social media and other channels, but I'm looking forward to you being in town in September, and just a little secret, that's the day after my birthday, so I'm going to be in a celebratory mood, okay? (laughs) So you and I are going to have to break some bread and maybe not break anything else but um, with our excitement but I really appreciate the work you're doing tell us yes. our listeners a little bit about how they can connect with you on social media on in, in your website and the work you're doing
1: yeah, well, that's a great question. So, I since leaving Forty Days for Life, I've been working with a bunch of different pro-life organizations, pro-family organizations, and my wife and I have been praying and planning out, and we're actually getting ready to launch a new ministry project in the very near future. And the place to find out about that is just my personal website, com. and to spell it for you, it's David B E R E I T dot com. And on social media, Facebook, Twitter, same thing: David B E R E I T. You can find me there. And, uh, yeah, Jonathan, I'm thrilled to be able to spend some time with you. I think the last time we were in person together was actually outside the U.S. Supreme Court. So That's uh, very likely. That's very likely. In promised land, the, the Lone Star State of
0: Texas. Well, look, and I was in the courtroom for the HB2. This is a law from the state of Texas that puts common-sense procedures and methods and uh, regulations in place because the abortion industry and these clinics have gotten out of control. And so I would love to see a different outcome on issues like that with a new Supreme Court judge. We'll see a lot to be excited about, a lot to be optimistic about moving forward. David B. Wright, thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thanks, Jonathan. Keep up the great work. All right. God bless you. What great news from David from the front lines too? you heard it. He was there. He was in front of the Supreme Court. All right. We're going to run out of time in a minute. And so I'm going to really harp on this end of year, end of fiscal year fundraising pitch. Uh, We do our budget here at Texas Values from July 1 to June 30th. Okay, that's our 12 months. We don't go in a calendar year. So we have to have all our bills paid by the end of this month. That's today, by the way. Okay, today's June 30th. By midnight tonight, you can still give. Go to txvalues.org. You can make a tax-deductible donation. That's how we're able to have this radio program. That's how we're able to have guests like David B. Wright. That's how we're able to have this policy conference, okay, that's coming up. Our first ever policy conference September 7th and 8th is coming up. That's how we're able to do the work we do every day, free of charge, serving people. There's a couple of court cases we're involved in. There's major public policy issues we're working on in Fort Worth, Mansfield, in Austin, fighting against sex education, bad sex education that is so bad that liberal parents in Austin are in up in arms about it. Even they have had enough. I could not believe this meeting I was at three weeks ago. And I don't want to say I couldn't believe it was striking, though that we were there really sounding the alarm and expressing our concern about how over-the-top some of this bad and new-sex education was in Austin ISD. In the process that they didn't respect and the way they were just trying to force this onto parents, at one one point a parent in the school district—I don't have kids in the school district. My kids are in private school, but I certainly care about what happens to my fellow friends that have kids in Austin ISD. But my point is this is a parent in Austin ISD stood up and said, look, I support— our school district. You know, I support a lot of these issues of equality, okay, because there were a bunch of um, LGBT folks there. There were some transgender kids there. Our argument was that a lot of this new sex education was trying to force a lot of that uh, curriculum and a lot of that really propaganda on kids. They just confirmed it, the transgender folks there, by how supportive they were. But my point is this woman gets up and said, look, I support equality on sexuality issues. This stuff goes too far and we were not told about it. This one woman that stood up said, "You know what the school districts told us? The ISD said, "We asked to see what was in the curriculum and they said, "Just trust us." <laughs> that was what they're telling parents. We're not going to let you look at it, just trust us. It'll be fine." Yeah. I don't think that's going to work out too well. And so, but just to give you some examples of that's some of the work we do. That's local work we do. Not to mention in the last 3 legislative sessions, we have led the effort to pass a religious liberty law every session: 2013, the Merry Christmas Law; 2015, the Pastor Protection Law; and 2017, the Freedom to Serve Children Act, which protects the faith-based and religious liberty rights of faith-based nonprofit organizations that serve children and foster and adoption care. Those type of entities have been sued in other states. They've been bullied. They've been threatened. They've been pressured. To, uh, to have the government punish them because they simply want to do what they do to serve children and families based on their religious beliefs on marriage and life. So those are just a couple of examples. And um, we put together a committee where we testified before the Texas Senate earlier this year to start the preparation for the issues on religious liberty. All the work we've done to support pro-life laws uh, throughout our time period, as well as the lawsuit to stop tax dollars from being used to subsidize same-sex benefits. That's a case out of the city of Houston. State law says you can't use tax dollars that way. Okay, we're just simply trying to enforce the state law because all these local entities continue to get away with violating it. Somebody finally stood up and said, enough. That's Jack Pigeon and Larry Hicks, our clients, our taxpayer clients in Houston. We've won that issue at the trial court level. We have had victory on this case and issue at the Texas Supreme Court and U.S. Supreme Court, but it's mostly been preliminary matters. So now we got to go back to the trial court. The case is not over, but it's getting expensive. We're over four years in, I think, on this court case. Um, So, and look, we've got a team of seven or eight people now. I'm losing count. Uh, of the amount of folks that are working with us. We brought someone new on uh, earlier this month. He's going to be on the ground with us in July. He comes from Heritage Foundation, a huge national organization that cares about these the type of values, issues we care about. He's going to take all of that experience and come to Texas and bring it to us. He was looking for an opportunity to be in Texas. He's been in the D.C. world for a little while looking for a change. God bless him on that. And so we're happy to have him. I'll ha- we're going to have him on the radio show when he's on the ground next month. But these are just a many reasons why you want to invest in Texas values. Look, to have this radio show, it costs about five thousand a year. To do the project where we defend Christmas every year, that's about a twenty-five to thirty thousand dollar project. I lost count. Honestly, I need to take a look at the updated count of how much money we spent on this court case on the same-sex benefits that we are doing free of charge. It's in the hundreds of thousands, if not more. Now, we recovered some attorney's fees recently from the city of Houston, but on a very narrow part of this. So don't allow that for you to think that that covered most, if all, of our expenses. It really didn't. So... Uh, but those are just some of the examples. The the office that we have, to have that proximity to the Capitol, I think is between thirty and 40000 a year. It's expensive to have an office close to the Capitol, but it's worth it. Okay, We have the largest social media presence in the state bar none when it comes to faith, family, and freedom issues. We're tops. Everybody's below us. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that just to give you some context about what you're getting, the return on investment you're getting when you invest in Texas Values. TXValues.org, our deadline is today, midnight. You got to give so we can balance our books. We can balance our budget. We can pay all our bills and we can be strong going into the second half of the year. Our budget goes July 1 to June 30th. This isn't a, a marketing ploy that we're making up just to inspire you to vote, excuse me, to give. We've got a report to the IRS how much money we gave ending today on June 30th. You can help us strong. We're close to being at this million dollar mark too. Okay? And it's not just about that number and but it does represent something. It's a key historic milestone for us. We're I don't know what the exact count is, but 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 we're less than 50,000 away from that. Okay? And we may be closer. I don't know what's come online right now. But give right now online. I want to be able to look at our database and see donations coming in right now. TXValues.org. I want you to go there right now, make a donation of any amount. If you give $100 or more, I'm told that we've got this great insulated tumbler, okay? uh, with the Texas Values logo, you can see it on our social media pages that you'll get. So you'll get this free gift, okay, if you give $100 or more, but I want you to give more than that. I want you to look at doing $500, $750, $1,000 if you can. These are tax-deductible donations. You will see return on your investment. We put fantastic people to work for you, for Texans, and we have someone in Every county, all 254 counties in the state, we've got someone supporting our work. I don't know if any other group can say that. Maybe they can. We are truly grassroots, and our supporters are spread out across the state. It's not just a, a handful that are that are funding our work. But that's a testament to, to the expansiveness and the comprehensive nature of what we do. Go to txvalues.org right now. Make a tax-deductible donation by midnight, our June 30th deadline. And we will be back here next week on the Texas Values Report.